the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. You're listening to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Aria and I'm here with our resident veterinarian and Dalmatian dog dad, Dr. Glenn. Hello. How are you doing? Good. That's good. Um, before we get started, just um, remember that this is just general advice. So it may or may not be suitable for you and your pets. If you have any specific questions about your pet and using the, um, what we're talking about, have a chat to your vet. Sounds good. So what are we talking about today? Probiotics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of bugs. Lots of bugs. Um, not like literal like beetles, right? No, just little microscopic bugs and fungi. Oh, fungi. Yeah. Fungi is cool. So you say fungi, not fungi? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> so fungi is a fungi. He is a fungi. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So um, I guess what are probiotics really? Uh, probiotics are lots and lots of bacteria. Sometimes they're yeast that basically we feed to people and animals um, to hopefully promote a better gut biome. That's the whole theory behind it. Yeah. Um, and the gut has got lots of bacteria and yeast in there already and we're just trying to um, change and modify the ratios of the good bugs and the bad bugs basically is what it comes down to yeah, cool. um, and sometimes that's probably successful and sometimes it's probably completely unsuccessful. What are the benefits of the having this good gut biome? Depends on who you listen to. Okay. Um, it can either save the world and create world peace um, or, or, or probably not do much at all um, okay. depending on who you listen to yeah. um, because I mean, the gut's not a sterile environment. The further you progress down um, an animal's gastrointestinal tract, um, the stomach is a very inhospitable, inhospitable environment for um, bacteria and yeast to grow. Yeah. Um, but the further you go down the small intestine, hopefully there's not much bacteria and yeast in the small intestine, bottom end of the small intestine, top of the large intestine, yeah, bacteria and yeast become um, very dominant yeah. um, and very important as part of the normal biological processes, both um, making... Um, nutrients out of the food that they are digesting because um, animals and people don't just digest food through enzymes, they digest food through um, bacterial and fungal growth basically. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and, and all those byproducts are sometimes absorbed as a nutrient and sometimes they go to feed other bacteria and yeast and, and be part of this whole microbiome, which is really, really important. So um, like me and my dog have a bunch of teeny weeny little microorganisms helping us to be healthy and hundreds of billions of them. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they've all got a little place. Um, and the more we learn, um, the more places that they actually are. Cause we used to think that the, um, intestinal lining was like a, a, a block to all things living basically mm -hmm. that only let nutrients and amino acids and fats and that sort of thing through. Mm -hmm. Um, and we used to think that all the bacteria stayed in there, but yeah. basically that's nothing like the truth. Like the bacteria, um, get through the gut wall and they get absorbed into the system and they go up the vagus nerve and wow. um, affect how your brain works and all sorts of things. Wow. Um, and there's bacteria throughout the body, through all the organs, um, hopefully the right bacteria that are supposed to be there. Cool. Hmm. So probiotics is putting more of these cool guys in there to yes. help do this. Yeah, basically you're trying to tip the um, 
um, the numbers of favourable organisms um, in the right direction. So um, there's literally thousands of different types of bacteria and different types of yeast in the gut. So mm-hmm. probiotics basically, um, I mean, the, the most um, bacteria that's probably in a single probiotic is nine, I think, off the top of my head, um, different types of bacteria, but they can um, hopefully um, survive passage down through the stomach and survive the stomach acids and some of them at least get to the reproductive stage and take up um, places like on the gut lining to try and um, keep the bad bacteria out like E. coli and salmonella bugs that can actually um, attack and colonise the the lining of the gut but also um, affect the way that nutrients are digested and, and absorbed. Okay. Yeah. So what about prebiotics? What yep. are they? Yep, so prebiotics are the nutrients that the bacteria and yeast that are in the gut um, eat, basically. Oh. So they are either a direct food source or they're broken down by other um, microbes to become a food source for yet other microbes. So wow. um, there's lots of interdependent relationships there and um, the prebiotics um, are hopefully the food source for, the again, the good bugs as opposed to the bad bugs. But depending on what your problem might be, like if you've got a small intestinal um, bacterial overgrowth or SIBO, giving prebiotics might be the wrong thing because yeah. your gut isn't working properly and the, the bugs are already there. And if you give more food to the wrong bugs, that could be a bad thing as well, which is where it gets really complicated yeah. with um, like being able to um, prescribe or um, give as a supplement prebiotics. Most of the time it will be the right thing to do, but some yeah. of the time it could be the wrong thing to do. But how can you tell which that is is the complicated part. And that's where you talk to your vet. I talk to your vet and, and they'll have some idea, but, I mean, really uh, a lot of these things are just tried as well sometimes yeah. <laughs> yeah and it depends on what specific condition you're trying to treat as well yeah. um because um i mean prebiotics and probiotics um are part of a supplementary treatment for um a lot of um, conditions um, yeah. but they're rarely the only treatment um yes. but sometimes they are the main treatment like salmonella as a gastrointestinal um infection yeah we used to try and straight bomb everything with antibiotics and now that's probably not the right thing to do. It's probably just promoting the right bugs that are supposed to be there and the salmonella goes away because yeah. they were um, caused by usually an unfavourable environment in the first place right. unless you get a super infection from somewhere or unless you're immune compromised because of other disease and, yeah, yeah it gets complicated. Um, <laughs> like I guess we kind of have like a, a personal history with probiotics being really useful yep. with my, my little dog Shadow. Yep. So um, I had a, a little dog who had inflammatory bowel disease yep. and it was pretty nasty for a while there. Yep. And, yeah, you got us on to probiotics and, golly gosh, it made a huge difference yep. in him, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, pre- um, inflammatory bowel disease is one of the conditions that, you know, massively important um, to get as many good bugs in there as possible because yeah. um, it's an overgrowth of the of the bad bugs. And there's, you know, inflammatory bowel and then um, Campylobacter and Clostridium perfringens, like some of these specific bacterial infections that you can actually test for, um, a lot of the treatments have really become um, trying to boost the prebiotic and probiotic profiles um, in that gut to try and get things working well. Yeah. yeah. It's really amazing. I didn't actually know that the prebiotic was the food. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I guess we touched on a little bit of when 
to not use the prebiotics? When should you, we be using probiotics? Um, look, probiotics are um, probably a good idea to use after um, an antibiotic treatment, yeah. um, not during an antibiotic treatment, but after an antibiotic treatment um, because you've just killed lots of bacteria, both good and bad, with an antibiotic treatment most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, the caveat to that is there was a study in 2018 in people that suggested that giving probiotics post antibiotic treatment actually slowed down the recovery of the normal gut microbiome so that's oh. a, that's a complicator um, and the, it depends on you, you can make theories about everything that just use it to the way you, you want it to work yeah, yeah. so if you've killed everything with antibiotics and you give um, probiotics straight after we're giving 10 types of bacteria or three types of bacteria um, are they taking up more space than they should mm. and not allowing the 3,000 different types to grow back. Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, there was only one study and there's been lots of other studies that suggested that probiotics are um, uh, successful and, and important post-antibiotic yeah. treatment. I mean, I still favour them post-antibiotic treatment, certainly. Yeah. Um, and there's one type of probiotic that you can give during um, antibiotic treatment that's okay. a um, pause S B. So it's a Saccharomyces, it's a, a yeast. Okay. So it's not actually killed by... Um, Antibiotics, okay. um, and that particular type of yeast has been found to promote more normal gut health and suppress diarrhea, and particularly diarrhea during and post antibiotic use. Okay. Um, so, but that's the only one that's commercially available that we've can find in Australia that basically does that job. Okay. Um, but that makes it very important potentially. You know, if you've got a dog that's on a protracted antibiotic course, I mean, osteomyelitis and different infections, like you might be on a 6, 8, 10, 12-week course of antibiotics, yeah. if you can give them gastrointestinal support through the right mm-hmm. yeast that could help prevent diarrhea, or if you've got a dog that needs to be on antibiotics but also gets diarrhea from antibiotics, yeah, yeah, that, that's could something help. that can help. Yeah, That's really cool. Mm. Oh, what about other times other than the, the antibiotic <laughs> things? Yeah, so, I mean, um, I mean, older dogs certainly lose to some... Um, extent their um, gastrointestinal integrity and, and they just don't digest things as well and, and they can potentially benefit from that sort of support. Mm-hmm. Um, specific diseases like inflammatory bowel disease, certainly um, pancreatitis, we think there's probably a, a part um, cause in there as far as ascending bacterial infections um, and it really modifies the immune system as well, like yeah. the right bacteria in the biome um, feeds um, the right bugs with um, little lipids and, and the molecules that get absorbed across the gut that actually affects the immune system as well um, and right through to um, digestive health and health of um, the brain and nerve function and neurotransmitters that get uptaken from the gut that work on the brain. So This if you, is so systemic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so if you've got a dog with a like anxiety disorder or a um, mental acuity issue in their old age, okay, could better gut health help with that, you know, potentially? Just to kind of try to translate that into um, layman's speak. <laughs> so, so the lipids are, are like a fat that yep. takes, th- that moves things through the cell wall. Is yep. that right? Yep. So those are taking these these good bacteria and kind of moving them all around the body to do these different functions. All the byproducts of bacterial growth, so like the, the waste products are actually absorbed into the body and used to make um, neurotransmitters like tryptophan um, is a precursor for serotonin, yeah. which is a brain feel-good neurotransmitter. Yes. Um, well, that tryptophan is basically um, 
gut derived nearly all the time. Like okay. If you eat the um, turkey at Thanksgiving and and fall asleep um, afterwards, the the theory is the tryptophan yes. in the in the turkey um, and turkey meat's really high in tryptophan. Okay, that induces a um, happy sleep like state, um, yeah, and that's not the tryptophan that. feeding through the serotonin pathway. So. There's lots of interactions that we barely grasp, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think this is the kind of thing that in years to come we're going to find out a lot more about. A lot more. I mean, we, we know more than we did 20 years ago, but we know we know less probably. Because yeah, that's it. the more we know, the less we know. Exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's still really, really fascinating. Yeah. So when not to use probiotics? I mean, basically uh, small, intestinal, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, patients and that's going to be diagnosed by your vet um, through various means, they should probably not get probiotics. Um, and if you um, obviously have an adverse reaction to them, like mm. some dogs, if you start them on a probiotic, they'll get diarrhea. Was that the probiotic or was it something else? Hard to say. Um, but um, specifically, don't use um, any probiotics at the same time as you're giving antibiotics unless you're using the pores SB, which is suitable for yeah. using with antibiotics. That's the main the main caveat, realistically, yeah. yeah, or obviously on the advice of your veterinarian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, you talked a bit about the um, the poor digestive care SB. Yep. Um, so that's the one that's based on a use that you can give when well, you're on antibiotics. antibiotics. That's yep. really cool. Um, what other probiotics do you, do you want to touch on? Like what products are available yep. that – um, good. I mean, ProNature, which used to be called ProTexin, um, yeah. has been around in Australia for 20-something years since I've been a vet just about. Um, and it's uh, a very good blend of the various um, probiotic um, bacteria that should be in there. Um, it's got lots of different formulations as far as um, liquids and powders mm-hmm. um, and little granules that you can put in with food. So um, different routes of administration, as yeah. in, um, you know, put it in there, um, mix it up with their food or sprinkle it in their food or down the hatch basically like there's different administration routes for that one which yep. is um suitable for some people yep. um probably the two other main ones that i use um, in practice is the on um, the big dog probiotic it's a, a probiotic and a prebiotic um blend um it's also got digestive enzymes in it okay. um and look the addition of digestive enzymes if you're treating a patient with um like pancreatitis or inflammatory bowel disease yeah. or um, chronic pancreatic exocrine insufficiency where the pancreas doesn't work properly um, or they've had you know, multiple bouts of pancreatitis, if you can um, help digest that food and, and make everything work better because you're giving the right bacteria, you're giving food for the right bacteria and yeast um, and you're also partially digesting that food and, and making it more available, um, I think that certainly um, is beneficial. Yeah. Um, so the big dog probiotic and also the symbiotic 180 um, is similar in that they've got a good range of bacteria. Um, it's got the prebiotic, but it's also got the digestive enzymes okay. in it. Yeah, so that, that's good. And the um, symbiotic 180 is also water-soluble. So oh, if your right. pet's just been in hospital, they're still feeling a bit sick, sometimes they're drinking but they're not eating that well yes. um, and maybe you don't want to mix medications or anything in their food that sort of puts them off it a little bit. Yeah. Um, the water-soluble one makes sense because you can put it in their drinking water so they're getting it that way so you don't have to sort of adulterate their food if they're yeah. feel, still feeling a bit crummy for, for dogs and cats. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and so speaking of which, these are suitable for a, a wide range of species, except I think the big dog's only dog-specific. Is that right? I think so, yes. Yeah. yeah. But the others, um, I know Pro Nature has 
it can be used for many, many different species. It can be used across the board. And that's the, that's the hard part because there are species-specific bacteria potentially um, where a species-specific um, probiotic maybe could be um, manufactured, but most of them are uh, across the board for, the, for different species and you're not yeah. going to um, cause any harm to other species by giving them, but it may not be actually species-specific as such. Right, okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, but no, I mean, for me, nearly every animal that's got anything wrong with them could potentially benefit from probiotics unless there's a specific reason, um, not. reason not to. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the more we know about um, the elderly pets, basically, I mean, they could probably benefit from it, like just a, a, in addition uh, in their food all the time, yeah. um, just to try and keep everything work as good as possible. And really, the more we learn about immune system modification and how um, probiotics can potentially support immune system function, uh, I mean, that becomes very important as well because yeah. I mean, normal immune systems important as far as, um, you know, fighting off viruses and bacteria, yes, but also, you know, what role does it play in um, cancer and the normal yeah. um you know, biological pathways in the body to nip cancer in the bud in the first place. You yeah. know, and I'm not saying that probiotics will you know, cure cancer no. or prevent cancer, but um, it's very unlikely to do any harm. Um, and the closer you can have um, the gut functioning to normal, yeah. I mean, it only makes sense that it can work better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's been good for um, like young dogs as well, like people who have maybe pups who've come from a rescue who've yep. had a bit of a rough start. Absolutely. That I've, I've know, know of a few clients and people who've found success with that as yep. well. And a lot of those dogs that haven't got a specific, um, and cats for that matter, like a specific problem as such, but they just got that like sensitive guts. Like they're yes. not, haven't been diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease, but, you know, it takes a very small dietary change to upset them. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of those patients that you put them on a probiotic all the time um, or you put on a probiotic if you're going to change their food, um, they seem to get less of that gut upset and, yeah. and that makes sense as well. Um, but the fact that you've got a dog, because dogs eat all sorts of stuff more so than cats, um, if your dog has got a sensitive stomach um, but hasn't got an officially diagnosed disease, I think probiotics you know, all the time in that dog makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and you know things like um, hemorrhagic gastroenteritis, which is a different gut upset condition, um, I've got a couple of patients that, you know, they get one bout and then they get another bout, you know, a couple of months later, you, you stick them on probiotics all the time and it seems to happen with less frequency or, or it goes away. So, yeah. you know, there's there's something there. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not going to do any harm. No. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. Is there anything else you want to touch on with the probiotics and the prebiotics? I think that pretty much covers everything. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a massive thing that we – there's not a lot of proof out there yeah. um, for definitive things, but there's been, I mean, there's lots of scientific studies, um, but it's such a complicated thing. Like yeah. most of these bugs, you can't culture in a petri dish because they've got to be in the presence of fifteen other different bugs and the yeah. food sources that they give, um, and that's where the bugs that actually are in probiotics, realistically, they're the ones that you can culture okay. out, outside the body. So I mean the um, lactic acid forming one like a lot of them are um, based on the milk fermentations like the lactobacillus and that sort of thing you know you can manufacture them you can make them outside the body um, yeah. and the same with the, the yeast and the same with the soil the soil spore forming organisms you've got to be able to make, make them, them yeah. to put them in something to start with um, which is you know a, a limited field of bacteria in the first place which is where the prebiotics become important because yes. the food for the gut can grow its own bugs 
how did why is there a need for us is it because of like a, a lessened food diversity or do we not really know why we don't really know and where would this have come from with animals in the wild well I mean, or that, is it something that wouldn't and that it's beneficial for them because i mean would wolves benefit from having probiotics maybe but a wolf's diet is a lot more diverse and a lot different to a manufactured pet food diet. Yeah. Um, and dogs aren't wolves and wolves aren't dogs. No. Um, and there's been genetic diversification over time and um, domestic dogs have got a lot better at digesting um, complex carbohydrates because you look at their DNA, they've got a lot more amylase enzymes and that sort of thing than okay. wolves. But, I mean, dogs, they still came from wolves not very long ago. Yeah. And looking at a um, completely manufactured kibble or canned food diet, I mean, it's got a lot of the different nutrients to what a wolf would eat in yeah. there. Um, and it's been heat treated a couple of times. And like, what does that do to the bacteria um, food sources that, that should be there? And and that's the thing we don't know. Yeah, okay. And there's, um, you know, uh, veterinary prescription, gastrointestinal diets and that sort of thing that have got lots of, like they've got prebiotics added and they've got things added that normal foods haven't got that makes them better and less likely to cause gastrointestinal upset. So that's yeah. that's what we feed to um, pets that have got a history of gastrointestinal disease. Um, but is that because the right stuff isn't there in the first place or it's in a form that's been modified that much that the bacteria can't recognise it as food? Yeah. So then you get more likelihood of gut infections. Um, but then if you're eating raw dead animals, well, you've got more salmonella <laughs> yeah, and E. coli and everything it. else as well. So, yeah, look, it's bloody complicated. But, yeah, yeah. it's, you know, when you think about it, cats and dogs are the only um, animals that we feed a completely um, manufactured diet to. I mean, um, I mean, cattle in feedlots, um, you could argue, aren't necessarily the healthiest specimens of the cattle world yes. getting their diets. And there's lots of talk about, you know, um, intensively managed livestock isn't the healthiest thing for them. Um, our cats and our dogs are the most intensively managed livestock that we've got because yeah. they've got such a, uh, in general, diet that's highly manufactured and, and changed from what they're probably supposed to eat. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I mean, all that's involved and what the actual answer is, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but looking at diets of every other species um, as close to natural as possible works best, um, whether you're talking about people or horses or yeah. cows or um, you know, lions in um, zoos and stuff, they try and keep it as natural as possible. Um, dogs and cats are the only animals that we really don't feed naturally Yeah, in general. Because yeah. uh, I heard about a study where they um, the, the people who sort of lived off the land had a much greater diversity of, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, gut biome than someone yeah. like me who – yeah. Doesn't. Well, and, and that's because of their diet. I mean, yeah, yeah. when they look at the, I mean, except, and that's the complicating factor, like the Inuits, uh, Eskimos in the top end of um, the North Pole, I mean, they really only eat meat and a bit of seaweed when they can get it in the middle of summer when everything thaws out. Yeah. So they've got a very undiverse diet, but yes. they've still got um, lots and lots of gut diversity happening as opposed to people that live in the, um, in the Congo or the... Um, Amazon rainforest, they're eating like 130 different plant species yeah. over the course of the week and eating 15 different animals as well. Um, so diversity must be part of it, but it's probably more so um, what's 
natural versus highly processed and, yeah. and, and all the other bits and pieces. Yeah, so it's, it's very it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, that's why we fortify breakfast cereals with all the vitamins and minerals because they're not in there. Yeah. Mm. Sorry to throw a wild card at you. It was just, right. it's I'm, ha- I'm happy to have the discussion. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that, and that's where it's complicated because, okay, I mean, it makes sense to have a food source in the first place that's as close to what the animal should be eating so you don't have to put in as many things. Yeah. But if you're feeding diets that may or may not have all those things in them, that's where supplements come into it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, um, it can be a safer way to do it than them eating God goodness knows what. Yeah, that's right. And and, and, I mean, and, and that's the um, eternal um, argument between, you know, Natural raw food diets for pets versus um, fully manufactured, made by the big four, um, you know, yeah, dog food companies, um, which have got lots of science behind them, but they're still um, a highly modified, highly manufactured product. Yeah, yeah. it's a big conversation. We've diverged, and it's That's entirely right. my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. It is a very interesting topic. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your information about it. It's it's really fascinating. All I've good. learned a lot. All good. Uh, and, yeah, so if you have any um, questions specific to um, how to use these with your pets, have a chat to your vet. Um, check out our website, vetandpetdirect.com.au. Um, we sell wide range of um, products with uh, probiotics and prebiotics. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, and thanks for watching. Hope we kept you entertained. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks. Bye. See ya.